Hey, Dave. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Uh, we're reaching the end of the year. Can you believe it? End of the year. 2020. What a year. What did you think of it? I have a quick survey for you. Oh, I, I'd be more than happy to fill out any survey that I have pertaining to 2020. But this is not just about 2020, right? Oh, well, I happen to have a survey right here <laughs> that you can fill out for 2020. And we we really appreciate everyone listening to the podcast. It's really kept us going through the year, uh, having you guys listen and comment on uh, everything that's going on. And uh, we want to keep talking to you. We want to hear more. Right. I think that uh, one of the things that we will make an extra effort for in 2021, I feel, is the like customer participation. I want to be able to interact with the listeners who are listening and uh, be available for any questions or comments and stuff like that. Yeah, trash talking. You know, if you think that Ruby is fine and uh, that I should get over Python, then you can let us know as well. Yeah, and then we should we need to be more responsive uh, for those hot takes too. Whenever we fish them out. <laughs> but yeah, Dave, you mentioned you you have a survey right for about the rabbit hole. Yeah, let me get you the link. It is bit.ly. bit.ly forward slash rabbit whole survey kebab case if you know what it means then you should take the survey <laughs> uh but if you don't know what it means you should also take the survey kebab case means it's a it's a dash so rabbit dash hole dash survey there you go upon completing the uh the survey i uh, will probably have your email associated to the survey that way we're giving out a prize a random selection to an individual oh, a fabulous prize it's a fabulous prize. Yes. Uh, we are planning to give out a fabulous prize. And the prize is going to be a, a cool gift. It's going to be a Raspberry Pi kit. Oh, man. I am kind of jealous. I feel like I should get this on my Christmas list as well. I know you have one yourself. Yeah, no, I, I, I do. But I'm definitely going to fill out the survey like five times. So don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> well, you should fill out the survey for Wait, sure. Oh. And with your email, we'll ensure that we'll contact you if you are the selected winner. Um, we would probably need your address to send this over. Note that you may need to live in the United States for us to send it to you. That's probably some logistics that we have to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> there's some legal stuff, maybe. Maybe there's fine print about us not entering, but maybe I'll fill out the server anyway. Mike said he's going to fill it out five times. So, you know, I got to get in there too. Hit us up on the uh, survey. That is uh, bit.ly slash rabbit dash hole dash survey awesome on to the show hello and welcome to the rabbit hole the definitive developers podcast live from the boogie down bronx i'm your host michael nunez our co-host today dave anderson and today we're talking about how programmers do podcasts trust us it's easy believe yeah. me i mean it's 2021 you got a new year's resolution you should start a podcast Maybe you had different resolution. Maybe you should just change it to start a podcast now. And, yeah, if uh, it was the gym, don't do it. Just start the podcast. Yeah, don't go to the gym. It's not safe yet. You can start a podcast and go later. But luckily, we got a friend of the show here to help us out. We go way back behind the scenes. Sharky, hey, how's it going? Good. We do go way back. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, before this was even called the rabbit hole. Yeah. So it was William... It was you guys, and I feel like there was three other people. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I don't remember their names, but I remember walking in a room and it was like, hey, this is going to be the podcast. And it was like six people. One of the rules you learn in radio is if you get above three people, it's chaos. <laughs> and I walked I, into a room I, of chaos and William's like, this is going to be our podcast. I'm like, no, I don't look, think so. Yeah, it was chaos. Yeah. But out oh, of yeah. chaos formed a podcast. And a damn good one too. <laughs> yeah. I, I do remember that actually. I remember William on the first day that I started at Stride was like, we're starting a podcast. And there were so many people and I was so afraid of being on a podcast, even though I really wanted to be on a podcast. <laughs> I just ran away. And then only like a month later did I finally circle back. It's so funny because I knew William at the time and William and I were talking about this podcast and I was really getting it because he was just asking all these questions about how do you start <laughs> it and how were like the roles developed sounds, and all this stuff. Like William. Yeah, and he's like, like, well, William. I've got all these people. And I said, well, tell me about these people. And he's like, well, I've got this one guy who sounds like a software engineer. And I was like, okay, well, I'm sure I know what that sounds like. And he goes, and I got this other guy from the Bronx. <laughs> I'm like, you got to get them together. <laughs> exactly. That is going to sound like a good show. A guy from the Bronx, a software... Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know your stuff. You're both software engineers. You're really good at it. You're developers. Yeah. But that sort of interesting mesh of characteristics, that mesh of guy from the Bronx software, you know, what one might think of when one thinks of a software engineer. And there's nothing wrong with that, Dave. It's just you sound right. like a software engineer. Right. You speak uh, like a software so, engineer. I think. Def yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it was just one of those things where I was like, you got to get them together. I hadn't even heard you guys yet. I'm like, you just got to get them together. And William's like, are you sure? I'm like, yes, do it. <laughs> I remember William asking me if I wanted to be on the podcast. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'd be more than happy to talk about programming and do the best that I can. I might sound like an idiot, guys, but you got to have me out here. And that's <laughs> right. kind of what happened. And then we formed the Rabbit Hole Podcast between myself, yeah. Anderson, and William. It's not chopped cheese. Yeah, it's not. It's not. This is hardly the chopped cheese for sure. Bad, I mean, yeah. we work very, very hard, and like we'll talk about from the very beginning, from that room with six people to where we are now. How often we record a podcast? We kind of want to share a lot of those things that allows us to continue and have this podcast that we share and release every week. I do think that you are, and I don't want to jump ahead, but understanding that the people that listen to the rabbit hole are engineers, software right. developers. And that's a mindset. My 19-year-old son is a software engineer. You know, right. I worked around software engineers as a product manager and other roles in my life. So, I've gotten to know the intricacies of that. And I really believe for the audience listening, and at the end, we'll talk about some freebies that I've got, to do a good podcast, to set it up, to set up the systems. Again, I don't want to jump ahead, but you guys have a system. And the way in which you execute your podcast is you are now approaching the 200th episode. I know we're not there yet, but you're approaching a number that is truly rarefied air that I firmly believe if people implemented the processes that you do, more people would have successful podcasts. I think being software engineers helped us in that regard and also having good reasons to show up every day. And I think those reasons that I have are probably... Some of the reasons that Mike has and that other people who are software engineers would also have share with us to start a podcast if they wanted to. I don't get to see Mike every day or William, but we get to share experiences among our awesome colleagues that I love talking with, but we don't get to see. Like We're always on different corners of the world and now more than ever. And I think that even though we are sharing, we'll explain something that happened to us today. 
for example, we may discuss like, how was your day, Dave? And we're like, yo, I had to deal with this flaky test for like five <laughs> hours. Oh my God. This right. yeah. was horrible. And then we know between the three of us, we know that we felt the pain of that. To be like, mm-hmm. hey, we should talk about flaky tests right now. Let's figure right. out what we could do. What were you feeling? How do you resolve it? What are some ways to resolve it? So the, the ability to share something that we were feeling by ourselves in our workplace, but then everyone can share, have empathy towards these particular topics allows us to continue doing these recordings, which makes it very fun to do. And I think that's something that doesn't really matter... You could do another podcast and call it Rabbit Hole too. And that's fine because like your personal experiences and perspectives are different than Mr. Beard Software Engineer and Guy from the Bronx Software Engineer. Like, Right. <laughs> well, what I would say to that is literally in the last 60 to 90 seconds, you touched on everything that makes podcasts great. So when you talk about the flaky test, you are having an experience and... One of the most powerful things that you can do with a podcast, because I know we're talking, if somebody's interested in starting a podcast, there's got to be that relatedness. You know, you've got to be able to say something that your audience immediately relates to. And I think one of the other things that I would bring up to that is a lot of people start podcasts with a friend, hey, we're going to do a podcast together, that sort of thing. And one of the worst things in the world is when two people have the exact same opinion and have the exact same perspective. Because then it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think we made that mistake early on where we would have the full discussion before we recorded, and then we'd hit record, and then it'd be like, we agree. And it's like, oh, what an awful episode that was. It makes good. I was thinking the other day of a few of your episodes where you guys came strong with different opinions. Or you came strong with opinions that maybe you agreed on, but they were different from the norm. Maybe you were talking about languages and things like that. So, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that if you're going to start a podcast, and especially if you've got two people working together, chemistry is a big thing. And after three years, you guys have developed quite a good chemistry. But at the end of the day, it's about that relatedness and it's about being able to sort of hold up those different opinions and being okay with it, being okay with, you know, hearing people agree is not interesting. Hearing people disagree is fascinating. Right. That is why I like William when he's on the show because he does disagree very well. Yes. And I appreciate that (laughs) about him. Yeah. You were saying something about rapport and camaraderie and whenever William or Mike are missing, I feel uh, like a little part of myself is missing in these conversations. So... Well, and I always love that William, when he's on, you guys could be talking and have some good chemistry going and you're going back and forth about languages and stuff. And then just like out of nowhere, this voice emerges with some (laughs) completely contrasting opinion. Oh, yeah. And it's like, what was that? And that's the thing is like I said at the very, very beginning when I walked in the room and there's six people and he's like, hey, this is going to be our podcast. I'm like, no, it's not. It's like, <laughs> if you go beyond three people, it's chaos. But when you've got three people and two of them can facilitate and hold the conversation while that third comes in every once in a while with a head scratching comment or something <laughs> like that, you've got the makings of a fantastic show at that point. You know, we haven't really got into this, but my background being broadcast radio, so working with talk shows, these are the kind of things that coaching like high level entertainment talk shows on so that they just don't talk in circles for an hour. So these things, if you guys are ready to like 
jump into that space, you already have an incredible amount of knowledge just 180, 190 episodes in to do that. I'm not saying you should. But I'm <laughs> yeah. But I, I think even at episode zero, when we had no knowledge, there was still something. And the other reason why I really liked doing the podcast was an opportunity to teach and explain. And as a result of teaching and explaining, learning better, because you have to like examine it from a lot of different angles and articulate your point and defend it against William as he's in the weeds, ready to pounce. Or, <laughs> right, yeah. or well, you know, again, whoever, I mean, against you, the world. You, you really do talk about that. I mean, the, what I work with my clients on is emotional triggers. Can you educate? Can you inspire? Can you empower? Can you enlighten? And it's interesting. And we all know, because we listen to podcasts, not every podcast does that. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of podcasts out there that aren't good. And it's because they don't do exactly what you just said, Dave. And you, as a software engineer, I mean, just think about the reciprocal benefit that you just said is because you are talking through, literally talking through these concepts and these ideas and these struggles and these issues and these joys and these failures, et cetera, is that you're getting better at what you do as a software engineer, just because you get to talk it through 30 minutes a week. Yeah. And I think it also helps with, as a consultant, we need to be able to defend the positions that we may have and having a podcast as practice for us to do that in the future definitely helps out. It's like, oh yeah, actually, I usually mention the point that I'm trying to make, but that was because I might have already said it on the podcast. So, it helps me like ensure that I get my thoughts together when I have to defend why we need to tackle these flaky tests now and not leave them for the next developer and so on and so forth. But yeah, I think that's true more generically for anybody who's trying to start a podcast about anything, exploring the topic and bouncing it off of another I don't have the luxury of bouncing off my content with other people on my podcast. So, I literally talk these things through to myself every week. (laughs) We call that rubber duck debugging. What you need is a rubber duck. That's the thing. You put it on the desk. Do you have a rubber duck? I have a little rubber duck over here. (laughs) I got to remember that. (laughs) So, rubber duck debugging is the idea that you go line by line talking to the duck. Very similar. Just make sure you have a duck there so you don't look as crazy. You're not talking to yourself. (laughs) You're talking to the duck. Yeah. I like talking to myself, so it's fine. (laughs) It works out well. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, the other reason that I have enjoyed doing the podcast is that as we've gotten more comfortable with it and more confident, we've had an opportunity to talk to people who have influenced us and start a conversation with them and take that same approach that we do with our colleagues who we enjoy talking to and teaching and explaining and doing that with people who are awesome in the world. As you look back over 200 episodes, as you approach your 200th episode, who stands out to you of those conversations that you've had? Oh my God. I would say the pragmatic programmers, authors, <laughs> Dave Thomas and Andy Hunt. That was crazy. They're characters. They're the authors of The Pragmatic Programmer, which is probably a book that every developer has to read or should read. For like, the idea. So, I was like being told really to read formal with them. Like, oh, no. You know, I don't read it and I feel really bad about myself. I've read through it, but I was like so formal in the thing in addressing them. And they're like, Mike, stop that. Like, what are you doing? And they're like, it's like totally <laughs> normal people. And we were definitely like chopping it up. That was amazing for me to be able to speak to them and talk about the book and the 20th anniversary and stuff like that. That was like insane. Yeah. I think Sandy Metz, Esther Derby, mm-hmm. Diana Larson, so many people who I think, you know, 
I started at Stride and people were like, these are the people that you should aspire to emulate. Right. And we get a chance to talk And to now you get to before. talk to them. Yeah. We have episodes with them, which is, oh my God, it's insane. Yeah. I remember telling, I think when you interviewed Sandy, it might have been a conversation with my son. I forget exactly how it was, but it was something like, he was like, oh my God, they talked to Sandy Metz. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, that's how they roll. <laughs> yeah. I would say if you're listening and you have a podcast, it doesn't hurt to send an email to give it a try. Because that's like kind of what we did too. It was like, hey, we have this podcast. We have X amount of episodes. We would really like to talk to you about X and make sure you have the topic. And who knows? They will respond yes and be able to do that. It was amazing for us to be able to have that connection, to have it actually happen. Mm -hmm. So I would say just try your best. Send an email. The worst that can happen is that they may not respond or they say no, but you keep trying. Maybe they'll think twice when you're the top 100 downloaded episode of your podcast. And I'm like, oh, snap, I got to get on that podcast. So you have to give it a go. Other than people <laughs> that you've talked to, what subjects stand out of the last 200 episodes? I realize that you guys are supposed to be interviewing me. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed exploring Twink-based development versus Gitflow, like different ways to work and lean methodology, like seven ways. Kind of like taking the things that our colleagues are talking about, studying them and kind of amplifying them for the world to hear. If not the world, then you who, who's listening Other right than now. William, have you had anybody really counter you? Like just come to you go, I so emphatically disagree with your opinion about <laughs> like have you had any listeners like that? Oh, it's on my to-do list. <laughs> I really got to respond to this guy. We had an episode. Mike had the idea of a topic like Rails versus Django, why Python won and Ruby mm. lost. And I was like, that's inflammatory. I don't think that's true. But <laughs> it was a spicy statement and people kind of put at least one person bit it. People are really mad about that. Well, sure. just remember, when people are mad, that's good. That's a good podcast. So do more of that. <laughs> Piss people off. I'm just going to drive the rabbit hole right into the rabbit hole, right into the ground. <laughs> Make people angry, yeah, guys. Uh, 2021. This is the year that the rabbit hole makes you angry. <laughs> you don't have to be angry at the rest of the world. It's just us. But anyway, maybe we could shift it over to like some tips and you can share some wisdom as well on things that work for you. Absolutely. I mean, I think in all seriousness, it's been a really cool ride going back before the first episode was published to see how you guys have evolved and gotten more comfortable, how you've gotten more comfortable with the content, even like we just talked about kind of having fun or giving strong opinions or being able to interview people like Sandy Metz. But I think because this episode is really about that person that set that New Year's resolution, that software developer that's like, hey, I'm going to do a podcast. I think a couple of things that come to mind that I always like to share with people is that first of all, quality matters. We talked a long time ago back when we could hang around and not be on Zoom calls and be in the presence of other humans. Having a really good setup and having good quality because you don't want your podcast to have a deficient quality next to one that does because a person is immediately going to skip and go to the next one. So a lot of people, especially in the software space, are like, oh, I'm going to use my iPhone or I'm going to do whatever. I'm going to record voice memos and that's my podcast. That's really good for practicing. That's really good for warming up. But when you're ready to go publish and you want your podcast and iTunes and Spotify and Apple Podcasts or iHeart or any of those, is that you really need good quality. And as I showed you guys, your studio setup when we first started was a couple hundred bucks. 
that can be done by anybody. So quality matters and it always will matter as it relates to that. But the next step to that is really deciding what is that thing that you really care about? You know, we're having this conversation and maybe it is somebody that has a strong opinion about Python or whatever. But the fact of the matter is, is that the best podcasts are people that care about what it is they're talking about. 45% of podcasts never get past episode five because they get really, really excited and they go, oh yeah, I'm going to start a podcast. It's going to be the best thing ever. And they get like five episodes in and they run out of ideas. They run out of passion, that sort of thing. So I always tell people, if you're going to start a podcast, if you're going to do this, if you're really going to do this, you're going to devote the time to be consistent, to build an audience, to get to that 50th episode, heck, even the 20th episode, much less the rarefied air that you guys are in, is that you got to have the desire. You got to have the want to talk about it. So for the listeners at the rabbit hole, for those that are right now are like, yeah, I'm going to start a podcast. It's going to be great. I just simply ask <laughs> that you ask yourself, why am I doing this? Do I really want to do this? Because if you can answer those questions <laughs> with authority and with passion, then you will make a great podcast. Yeah, I have some thoughts on that. The thing that has helped us the most, first off, was consistency. Mm -hmm. You touched on that. We just set a time and we kept to it. First, it was Tuesdays. Every Tuesday, you got to get in there, hang out. Maybe it's been a rough day and maybe you don't have the passion for talking right. about it and you don't have the energy for doing it, but you show up and you hang out with some people that you like and get energy from them, get inspired from them and keep to it. And for quality, when we started, we didn't really know what we were doing, but we had a shadow podcast for a while where we did not release anything to the world for six months. And we just kept at mm -hmm. it every week as though we were recording. A good number of those episodes ended up on the cutting room floor. Because well, you know, and, and back to the word consistency, because that's really it. I mean, if you want to have what is deemed a successful podcast, it has to be consistent. And it just simply means it has to be consistent with the promise that you've made to the people that listen to you. So if you say to them, hey, we're going to put out a new episode every Tuesday, then you put out an episode every Tuesday. If you say, we're going to do season one, it's going to be 12 episodes, and then we're going to take two months off, then do that. But as long as you fulfill on the promise of consistency, you can have a successful podcast where people say, okay, well, I'm going to record this episode and then I'll do another one in three weeks and then I'll do another one in a week and that sort of thing. If you're inconsistent like that, then your listeners don't know what to expect. And you've already sort of betrayed that trust. And I know that seems a little like when I talk about keeping a promise or betraying trust in your listeners' minds, that's how they view it. And if they can't trust you, if they feel that you aren't consistent, then they're not going to listen. Does that make sense? Okay. I have to admit it. I have to admit it. I forgot to upload my audio one week and we missed oh, a week. I'm so yeah. sorry, guys. 2020. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, in fairness, I think an audience can be for They will forgive you. Okay. Hopefully. I'm, you might have lost a few listeners. <laughs> Dig deep. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. You're the prayer emoji hands out here right <laughs> That's now. So funny. Please. Oh. You know, it does happen occasionally. But if the intention is consistency, then that's what matters. I mean, we were like two and a half years in. Hey, you're bro, good. Like this. Yeah. We were strong. We were strong. But at that point, people were going to say, man, I hope they're okay. <laughs> yeah. I hope everything's, exactly. hope everything's like, okay I, I, in, I, in our I, world. I, 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 we were 
consistent about a date. And there was also, I mean, if you even go back to the first couple episodes versus now, like while we had a studio set up or this is the place to podcast, we at least had a place that we would join in and then it was ceremonious for us to go to this room. Oh, and yes. then if we're in this room, <laughs> we need to talk about the podcast. You know, we could chop it up yeah. a little bit and talk about our day, but like being in the room helped us get the podcast juices flowing. <laughs> you literally I think it was like, like, one of the things that we were learning. Yeah, we, oh, yeah, we had to seal the chamber. That's what we call it, sealing the chamber. I'm glad that we had that system in place before we all uh, quarantined because we already had that mindset to do that after couple years that recording from home, while it is going to always feel different, we would still have those same habits. And you see the word habit. If you're starting a podcast, do the things that you need to do to develop the habits and find what works for you. Like you said a minute ago that you guys did a lot of recordings for six months before anything got published. Now, most people won't do that. But the flip side is that people like, as I said a moment ago, they just go, hey, I'm just going to go an episode or two and get started and that's that. And when you develop those habits, when you practice before you ever publish so that you've got that level of comfort, then those are all the things that just help you set up for success. And that's really what I try to teach my clients is, is get comfortable behind the microphone. You're just having a conversation with another human being. That's it. Your listeners of the rabbit hole right now, whatever it is, 10,000, 50,000, 100 million, however many number that is, the entire country is listening to the rabbit hole right now. But in their minds, it's an individual experience. I want you to know really 335 million people are listening <laughs> to this conversation right now. Oh yeah, boy. and, oh, and I'm, I'm reflecting back to the first episode we put out where Mike is going big and I'm like, just one person is enough. And that's also freaking me out. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I wanted uh, to change the entire planet. That was my goal. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm still nervous every day from doing the yeah, recording. But like, I think we've made an effort to apply the same philosophies that we try to do for software with having a safe space for collaboration. It's okay to mess up because it's a recording. We're going to edit. It's okay to throw away an episode and, you know, come out with another one. We already have three others that we can come out with. And also like doing feedback loops, looking. Every place so I'll tell you a funny story. When we do. first started, so before you ever published, I remember I was in Brooklyn. And at the time, I was working with a lot of different radio people. And I like to think that software engineers are a certain breed of human being, but radio people are a real certain breed of human being. They're very insecure and they use their radio time to overcompensate for their insecurities. They're just a interesting dynamic. And one day we had a call. We actually had a Zoom call. I don't expect you guys to remember this, but I think it was the three of us and William. And I had just gotten off a call with a radio person who was just all over the place. They were just... And I jumped into the Zoom call with you guys. And I was still in that mindset. And I remember saying something. I forget exactly what it was, but I think it was Dave. You had this look of, what is this guy talking about? I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I need, to, <laughs> I need to pull back the reins from the neurotic people I was just talking with. And let's just talk about software engineering for a little while. But I do remember, to your point, getting that feedback. However it looks for you if you're starting a podcast or if you're 200 episodes in, that consistent level of feedback, just like anything in life, helps you move forward. 
what we used to do, like even after every episode, we used to close the editor and then we'll go straight to a room, write a retro and we'll do what went well, what didn't go well, what we could do better. And we did that 10 minutes every single episode right after, wrote a retrospective on it. Then we would have action items for each individual and then we'll come back better next week. With that is such a developer thing. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, yo, we got to do a retro. I mean, like, that was a sprint. Just, like, right. like, that, that <laughs> it was episode, a sprint. Exactly. The recording yeah. is a sprint. We finished the sprint. What we got to do to get better? Plus, minus Delta. That's what we used to do really quick. Bam, bam, bam. But yeah, and, it's like, do a retro. It's save constructive feedback among people who are invested in improvement. Absolutely. So, I would say if you want to look up plus, minus Delta on retrospectives, that will definitely help after recording how you felt, what went well, what didn't go well, what could we do to get better, that kind of stuff. And then we followed through on the improvements. Like we held ourselves accountable to think of whatever was kind of holding us back or we'd have a guest on. We're like, okay, what didn't go good? What could we improve? We'd always very enthusiastically ask them, how can we improve? And through that, we came up with like ideas for warm-ups. We do a topic drop to get the energy up. We do remote recording backups because we've definitely screwed those up before. Like a lot of little things kind of come out of just asking the question, like, what can you do better? That is fundamental to like, our philosophies as software engineers that carries over to pretty much anything. Right. And I think that puts a point to why you're at a point right now, people don't get to 200 episodes. You know, most people don't. It's 1%, I think, of the podcasts actually get to the point where you're at. And when you look at those podcasts, you're in the same conversation with, I mean, Joe Rogan's got 1500 episodes or whatever, but you've done it and you continue to do it because you implement practices both the logistic practices like we talked about, setting up Calendly and things like that, but that, those types of retrospectives and doing the same thing that you would do if you were in a standup and same thing you would do if you were writing code, those types of things you just applied to talking about development. And I think that's why you're seeing the success that you're at. Yeah. I mean, the processes definitely help out and they translate very well from delivering a feature to a product versus delivering an episode to a podcast. Absolutely. I just want to say that if somebody is starting a podcast, doing the Definitive Developers podcast is a lane that is taken. Yeah. (laughs) So, you cannot do the rabbit hole you cannot do this. It has been done. And you guys you are like rabbit hole too. It's the fine. market. It's okay. You could do it. <laughs> Give it a try. Uh, it's a capitalist society. <laughs> Let's see how it works out and we'll maybe be able to collab. How's that? Well, but I think the truth to that is you guys got in three years ago or a little less than three years ago. So, you guys got in at a time where you were able to kind of come in and be that to truly be the definitive developers podcast. And now what happens is I go back to what I said a minute ago, what gets you out of bed in the morning? What's that passion? And for most people, it is that passion about maybe a specific language or problem solving or something that's in the space of development. But I think where you guys have kind of cornered the market, and again, there's room for more. (laughs) But that said, you guys have just really sort of put your stake in the ground as it relates to tackling all subjects. Sharky, I want to learn more tips about podcasting. Where can we reach out? Where can we find you and find some of this content that you've been creating? So, I built just for the listeners of the rabbit hole, just some freebies, a workshop, some webinars, some templates, just kind of free stuff to help you get started. So, if you just go to my website, which is yourpodcastcoach.com forward slash 
the rabbit hole, you'll find some very specific stuff, kind of touching a little bit on what we've talked about. So again, it's yourpodcastcoach.com forward slash the rabbit hole specifically for the listeners of this podcast. But I do my podcast right now. I'm doing it every other week. But as we get into 2021 and I'm trying to get back to every week, but what I really try to do with my podcast, you can search your podcast coach or you can search Michael Sharkey on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever. What I try to do is just very quick, actionable tips every single episode. And these tips are for people that are starting podcasts. These are tips for people that are maybe 20 episodes in and stuck and looking for ideas. So I try to mix it up a little bit, but the whole thing with both the link that I talked about a minute ago and my regular podcast is it's just there to help people. It's just there to facilitate a way for you to get better at this craft. So, and obviously I work with people one-on-one. I have clients and what I've said, and it's funny because I think of you guys every time I say this, is that the processes and the insights that I do, I work with everyone from software engineers you guys, to artists and everything in between. Like I have you guys and then I have one of the biggest glass artists in the world as a client. The very different ends of the spectrum. But when you start to think about fundamentals, consistency, things like we've talked about in this episode, those things are just truths and they hold true. So definitely go to that link, yourpodcastcoach.com forward slash the rabbit hole. Take those freebies and if I can help you start your podcast, that's why I'm here. That's awesome. awesome. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah, 2021, we expect to hear all sorts of different <laughs> programming language podcasts, uh, processes podcasts. If you want to start a waterfall podcast, if that's your oh, thing, go right ahead. Podcast. Be go a thing. for it. Let me know. <laughs> Send me a message on Twitter. I'd tune in and I'd subscribe. Hit me up. Follow us now on Twitter at Radio Free Rabbit so we can keep the conversation going. Like what you hear? Give us a five-star review and help developers just like you find their way into the rabbit hole. And never miss an episode. Subscribe now however you listen to your favorite podcast. On behalf of our producer extraordinaire, William Jeffries, and my amazing co-host, Dave Anderson, and me, your host, Michael Nunez, thanks for listening to The Rabbit Hole. 